When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Sleepover Cinema, where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of those who, in general, feel rather indifferent towards superheroes. I'm Hannah Leach, a writer, musician, audio producer, and aspiring personal assistant to one Edna Mode. And I'm Audrey Leach, director, editor, producer, and woman. Because I can't think of another thing to say. Thank you. We are the sister duo, also known as Tooping Productions, and we haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them. We're going to explore the good, the bad, and the nonsensical of the movies that first inspired our love for film in an attempt to answer the question, are these movies actually good? And at the end of the day, do we really care if they are? Today, we are talking about 2004's The Incredibles. Showtime. No matter how many times you save the world, it always manages to get back in jeopardy again. I feel like the maid. I just cleaned up this mess. Can we keep it clean for, for 10 minutes? I'm at the top of my game. I'm right up there with the big dogs. Girls, come on. Leave the saving of the world to the men? I don't think so. Super ladies, they're always trying to tell you their secret identity. Think it will strengthen the relationship or something like that. Edna Mode. Your suit can stretch as far as you can and still retain its shape. Virtually indestructible and machine washable, darling. That's a new feature. Hi, everybody. What's up? What's happening? (laughs) Hey, girlies. Hope you're having a great Thursday or whatever day it is. Yes. And we out here. Okay, what else has happened since last week? I am taking a tap class tonight. Is it the first one? Yeah. Oh my God. I hope it's good. It's funny because I'm I'm not intimidated because of the adults that will be there. I'm actually intimidated by the children that will be there because it's like a children's studio with adult classes in it. Okay. So like, which is what I wanted because I wanted it to be like consistent rather than drop-in. Yeah. Because when it's a drop-in class, I will go once and never go again because I just don't. Nothing's holding you to it, you know? Did you commit to like a certain amount of time in the class? It's like a year. It's like a school year. Oh my God. That's exciting. Yeah. Wow. I hope it's fun. I will say over the weekend, some of you may have seen on Instagram, but I went to this bar with my new friend called the Pink Squirrel in Chicago, but they have been doing a themed like season That's called Mean Squirrels. Shout out to Audrey's original IP from literally my idea. But the inside of this bar, it like made me. I mean, the Mean Girl stuff was the Mean Girl stuff, but like aside from the Mean Girl stuff, like the aesthetic and the inside of this place was like so intensely sleepover. There was like iridescent tinsel and like little disco balls and 
all this pink stuff. And it made me realize that that level of like texture and like over the topness is what I'm missing in my office still. Because it still feels too bland. And I'm like, why? And I think that's why. Okay, anyways. So Audrey, what else is happening in this little pre-show here? Just now, actually, we talked to Jen from Regal and she did a little rewatch of The Incredibles last night with her husband. And so we got another chance to talk to Regal about their Unlimited program and also The Incredibles movie. So here is that conversation. So before we started recording, you said that you rewatched the movie with your husband last night. How was the experience for you? I love rewatching any kind of Disney Plus Pixar film. Uh, It's easy to put on when you're like making dinner or just cleaning around the house, anything like that. Uh, It's interesting the level of detail that they put in all of these films that you find after you've watched them multiple times. Just certain things that even that I noticed with The Incredibles and I looked it up and I was like, wow, like how smart, like who even thought of that? Like the thought that just is crazy. So last night when I was watching The Incredibles with my husband, I would pause it and I'd be like, did you know syndrome is named syndrome after hero syndrome meaning you create a situation that's bad and then you're the hero and you come in and solve it because you pretty much know how that's why they named him syndrome (laughs) i looked a little bit into that and all of the characters are named or their powers are after who they are as a person so mm. like Elastigirl, she keeps everyone together. She's really flexible, just like the family, like the way she turns into the boat, like at the end, that's always my husband was <laughs> yeah. like dying when this explosion goes off. And then Violet is a teenage girl. She doesn't want anyone to see her. So she goes invisible. Dash mm-hmm. is just like hyperactive little boy child. So that's why he runs everywhere. Um, they said in the in the actual thing that I read that Jack Jack doesn't find his power because he's such a baby. I wanted to know if you guys had a superpower, what would you be or what would you do and what would your name be? Let's hear yours first to buy us time. So my power, I love to travel. And I mean, that takes money and time that I don't have a lot Mm -hmm. of either. So I would choose teleportation. I could not think of a name. Uh, I ended up coming with Vanish because I thought it sounded kind of cool. that's That's good. Well, I know I could eliminate one thing. I know a lot of people want to be able to read other people's minds. I would rather do anything than have that ability. Like, I would not want to know that in a million years. It's not my business to know I'm what people are thinking. I'm on the same page with that. I don't want to know right? what you think about me. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't want to know. Like, if it's an issue, let me know. I feel like there's a lot of good in the world that could be done if you could read people's minds. Yeah. As far as intentions, I don't really care about, like, the stuff that has to do with me. Like, I'm not even going to include that <laughs> yeah. in the in the equation. But, like, if you could read people's minds and know their true intentions, you can outsmart them really easily. Yeah. You know? That's true. I might want to be like really, really smart. Like know (laughs) everything because you can solve so many problems if you are a super genius, which I'm good at some things, obviously not everything, but like I want to make sweet inventions and be able to travel quickly and like solve issues. Okay, my name would be, oh, I'll be Encyclopedia. (laughs) I like that. It has the idea at the end. So it feels like uh, like a cute girl name. We're going to end up talking about this later. Maybe this is something we can discuss. So on the show, we normally only cover like girly movies. 
And so my question is, do you think The Incredibles is a boy movie? I mean, no. I liked it a lot. And I mean, I feel like Elastigirl is the star of the show anyway. And uh-huh. Violet, Violet saves them more than any of the other guys do. So yeah, I, I, do get, I do get that Mr. Incredible was like, just the patriarch, like he was the main one going to work and everything. But yeah, I don't, I don't think I would consider it a boy movie though. Yeah. I think like once you've watched it, you know, it's not, but certainly for marketing Marketing and what they want. Yeah. 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 Marketing. They, they, they want the little boys to want to see it. And we talk about that a lot on the show, how, like how much companies will bend over backwards to try to ensure that a little boy would want to see it at some point like as a child it affected us too like we would be like we like it's not for me type of thing yeah I mean I definitely and I grew up very much a tomboy so this would have been right up my alley regardless but I do feel like girls just go along to boy movies like with their family or with their brothers or whatever whereas guys don't go to girl movies as often it's a lot harder to bridge that gap yeah I will say, though, like, with time and perspective, I feel like this movie actually nestles in really well with, like, all of the Pixar movies that are very, like, non-gendered. My rewatch was very enjoyable, and I kind of wish that my first rewatch would have been in the theater because they're re-releasing it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they are re-releasing it with Disney 100. I'm excited. It's definitely different to see it on the big screen. The Incredibles, I feel the explosions will be a lot better. Yeah. Like just the plane exploding and yeah, all the fighting scenes. I think it'll be a lot better on the big screen. Okay. So the movie will be out in theaters again, September 1st. Our Unlimited program, I used to work on that other team, so I'm very versed with Unlimited as well. It's such a great deal. It's insane how many movies. I mean, I pay for it and I get free movies, but I don't have any of the regulations of my free movies, so I pay for it anyway. It's only $18.99 <laughs> at most theaters, and then there's a few different ones that are a little more expensive, but you get like 10% off concessions. It's definitely worth it if you see more than like one movie a month. It's crazy. As always, we have the information to get your Regal Unlimited subscription in the description for this episode. So go check it out, listeners, if you are interested, if you're inspired to go see The Incredibles after this, which I think you will be, give it a shot. Have a good time. Get some popcorn. That's what I would do. So, Jen, thank you so much for being with us today. (laughs) We appreciate you. And thank Thank you for being here. (laughs) I also just want to add to the conversation we just had that, yes, this is a collaboration with Regal. However, this movie, there's a lot of stuff to discuss from the movie, about the movie, that I'm looking forward to talking about. And so don't just call it a brand (laughs) deal. It was a very thought-provoking movie. Let's get into the facts. The Incredibles was released in theaters on November 5th, 2004 and was rated PG. The synopses. The first one's from IMDb. While trying to lead a quiet suburban life, a family of undercover superheroes are forced into action to save the world. That's very simplified. Letterboxd. Bob Parr has given up his superhero days to log in time as an insurance adjuster and raise his three children with his formerly heroic wife in suburbia. (laughs) But when he receives a mysterious assignment, it's time to get back into, I would say uniform, but this says costume, which is not correct. 
And then finally, Rotten Tomatoes, in this lauded Pixar animated film, married superheroes Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are forced to assume mundane lives as Bob and Helen Parr after all super-powered activities had been banned by the government. While Mr. Incredible loves his wife and kids, he longs to return to a life of adventure and he gets a chance when summoned to an island to battle an out-of-control robot. Soon, Mr. Incredible is in trouble and it's up to his family to save him. Uh, <laughs> Does Mr. Incredible actually love his wife and kids, though? We will circle back to that. <laughs> okay, taglines. There's a whole bunch of them. The first one is save the day. All right, that that's a little boring. Yeah. The second one, discover the side of superheroes you've never seen before. What side is that? It's probably like a weird joke about Mr. Incredible's like gut or something like mm. on a poster. Expect the Incredible, twice the hero he used to be, super cool. Okay, that's for Frozone. That's definitely for Frozone. Oh, yeah, for sure. No gut, no glory. Again, understand what that one is about. Yeah. And finally, soccer mom, but like soccer, like hit her or something. (laughs) Soccer mom. Very funny. So good. (laughs) So The Incredibles was written and directed by Brad Bird. He was the only writer and the only director, which is like pretty rare for a Pixar movie. He also was the co-writer and co-director on Ratatouille with Jan Pinkava. He also directed The Iron Giant and directed Incredibles 2, which happened in 2018. I forgot that even happened. Did you see that movie? Mm-hmm. I remember seeing it in theaters and thinking, this is not good. Oh, no. Well, I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, as many of the Pixar movies of this era were, it was produced by John Lasseter and John Walker. I wrote LOL because A, John Lasseter is now disgraced, and also the main creatives are Brad, John, and John. So now getting into the cast, we have Craig T. Nelson as Mr. Incredible. He's best known for Poltergeist, Coach, which apparently was a very long-running TV show in which he was uh, starring in 199 episodes. I had never heard of that. He was also in The Family Stone, and he's now in Young Sheldon. Amazing. Next, we have Holly Hunter as Elastigirl slash Helen Parr, best known for Broadcast News, The Piano, and 13. She also recently was Rhea in Succession. If you're a Succession girly, you saw her in there. Next, we have Samuel L. Jackson as Lucius Best, which is an incredible name, slash Frozone, best known for Pulp Fiction, Snakes on a Plane, The Hateful Eight, Do the Right Thing, many other things. He's Samuel L. Jackson. You know who he is. He's a legend as a man. Next, we have Jason Lee as Buddy Slash Syndrome, best known for Almost Famous, Chasing Amy, Vanilla Sky, Dreamcatcher, and 96 episodes of My Name is Earl. Then we have Spencer Fox as Dash and Sarah Vowell as Violet. They both seem to have done a tiny bit of child acting and then just pieced out, which good for them. And then of course, I can't not mention my favorite Wallace Shawn as the voice of Bob's boss at the insurance place. Also the voice of Rex in Toy Story. And then just a cute fun fact, Brad Bird is the voice of Edna, which I did not know. That's it's like a pretty common thing in animation, it seems. Yeah. For the director to like sneak themselves in there. Mm-hmm. 
It's like M. Night. Did you know that? M. Night Shyamalan, he's in all his movies. No. But as like a random role, like yeah. he'll he'll be like, selling something at a counter or uh-huh. some guy who's like, oh, look over there. Just stuff like that. Yeah. Budget is $92 million. Opening weekend made $70,467,623. That's very promising, I feel mm-hmm. like, especially for unknown IP. Guess what, guys? You used to just make new stories and they used to just do well Yep. on the opening weekend because yep. they looked good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Domestic gross, 261,441,092. And worldwide is 631,442,092. Also, 92. Yeah. That's weird. That is weird. I get why they made a sequel, but I I actually think they waited too long. Same. That was a, like, 14-year gap. It was a big gap. Yeah, it is a big gap. So now into critic and audience opinions. The critic score for The Incredibles on Rotten Tomatoes is 97%. The critic consensus is, bringing loads of wit and tons of fun to the animated superhero genre, The Incredibles easily lives up to its name. And then Roger Ebert did a review for this. So Brad Bird's previous film was The Iron Giant, about a misunderstood robot from outer space and the little boy who becomes his friend. It had a charm and delicacy that was unique in the genre. And The Incredibles 2 has special qualities, especially in the subtle ways it observes its gifted characters trying to dumb down and join the crowd. Kids in the audience will likely miss that level, but will like the exuberance of characters like Dash. Grownups are likely to be surprised by how smart the movie is and how sneakily perceptive. Sneaky. Ooh. Common Sense Media. They gave it five stars and said it was appropriate for ages seven and up. The Incredibles is top-notch, action-packed fun for the entire family. Parents need to know that The Incredibles is an animated superhero adventure that's considered one of Pixar's all-time best for portraying mature themes about families in a way that both kids and adults can enjoy. You can expect quite a bit more violence than in many kid-targeted animated movies. There are all sorts of weapons, explosions, deaths, widespread destruction, and more. A man tries to kill himself by jumping off a building. (laughs) Mr. Incredible saves him, but then is taken to court where they talk about how the man should be allowed to carry out his plan, which is really funny. I know. We'll talk about that more later. I love that. Yeah. A few characters are shown with drinks in hand and one character smokes a long-stemmed cigarette. Despite the intensity of the Bond-level violence, there are plenty of positive themes about family, courage, and identity to make this a must-see for families. And then their review of the movie was obviously glowing, but here are the topics they suggest that families can talk about. Families can talk about what superpowers they would most like to have and why. What would your uniform look like? Why did Violet begin to wear her hair back after she used her superpowers? And what made Syndrome so angry? Talk about the violence in The Incredibles. Did it bother you? Did you notice yourself feeling more aggressive (laughs) after watching? Would the movie have been as effective without the violence? And then lastly, how do the characters in The Incredibles demonstrate communication and perseverance? What about courage and teamwork? Why are these important character strengths? I have never once seen violence on screen and thought anything along the lines of, I want to do that. It's really more just, I am so lazy. Like, I'd be like, wow, that that looks like a lot of physical effort. Like, that looks very tiring. Yeah. 
You're like, like I'll I'm, pass on that one. Same. I totally agree. Okay. Audience score is 75% and the letterboxed average star rating is 4.1 stars. So pretty nice. Well. Pretty solid. I mean, that's a huge drop. It's a huge yeah. drop from the critics. But I think that makes sense. You think too. so? Yeah. Because not everybody wants substance. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> okay, but like the other Pixar movies have a way higher audience score for the most part. Audience opinions. Five stars. I do love this movie, but it's not perfect. Problem one, suicide is technically against the law? Question mark. Therefore, the lawsuit should have been thrown out of court. But plot, the superhero names can be kind of silly. Frozone, gazer beam. But the action, comedy, and the story works for the most part and worth checking out for fan of superheroes. Is suicide illegal? Yes. I think. Hold on. I mean, is there really a point to saying that? Is suicide? I mean, it's not obviously it's not encouraged, but it is something a crime if it can't be pro- like it can't. I I would say no because people who fail at suicide attempts are not arrested. Suicide is no longer considered a crime in the United States. However, yeah. some states have attempted suicide listed as a crime in their criminal statutes. Dark, but true. Yes. And, okay, the next person said 2.5 stars. I was not phased in the slightest. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I thought it was funny. Five stars. That one girl is hella stretchy. <laughs> and four stars. Good pacing, no singing. Give me more solid stories and less musicals. That is irrelevant to I know. I don't know why this person had to, like, drag musicals into this, but they did. Okay. So... When did we first watch The Incredibles? What do we remember about it? We definitely saw it in theaters. I remember that. Maybe mom and dad can be the tiebreaker on that one. Don't think they'd remember. I remember thinking that Elastigirl looked like mom because of her hair. But now it's funny because Elastigirl is just known for her giant dump truck ass. So it's funny to think that I thought that mom looked like her. And Well, what's also funny is like realizing that mom's like white moms, moms in general have a tendency to cut their hair once they have, you know, have a shorter yeah. haircut once they have kids because it's just easier. And like also women just tend to do that. I've lo- actually looked into that. I'm like, why? Like, why is it actually? Obviously, like having long hair would be annoying if you have a baby because they'll pull on it. Yeah. Stuff like that. But I was just like, just thinking about how also like Arthur's mom, I would have thought <laughs> yeah. looked like mom. Also, I remember from when we watched it the first time, I think I've only seen it once, to be honest, when they're like stuck in that laser thing, like they're they're being like hung in the in the dungeon essentially, but it's in the blue laser beams. That really stuck in my mind. Yeah, I think the standout for everybody really though was Edna. Oh, yeah. So true. Like, without Edna, I think this movie would be a whole star less. (laughs) Like, actually. I don't disagree. And I also think that, like, okay, yeah. I remember one thing about seeing this movie was that I was like, is Edna a girl or a boy? I was, like, desperate to, like to like figure that out. Or not desperate, but I was like, it was really bothering me. Edna is beyond gender. Edna's beyond the binary. You are Elastigirl! My God, pull yourself together! More than maybe anyone. 
any character. I love Edna. I also will say, like, the legacy of Edna is so funny. Like, there's still people on TikTok to this day, like, walking around on their knees being like, this is my Edna walk. (laughs) I haven't seen that, I don't think. I have seen that, and it's really funny. I just feel like, especially for, like, the little, like, gay kids in the audience, like, Edna was the moment and is the moment. She is what knocks the movie from being more of a boy movie yes. to like dead center. Yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. So really, if they could make an Edna spinoff movie that wasn't just a cash grab, it would be fierce. Impossible. I know. Impossible. I know they don't have it in them, but like if they did, it would be good. The Incredibles, available on Disney+. Plus. Go give it a watch. Let it be known. You might think it's an hour and a half, it's not. It's two hours. So plan that into your life because I was not I was not aware. Prepare yourself and meet us back here. Christina Yerling Biro, host of the podcast Pop Culture Confidential. Join me as I go way behind the scenes with some of the most influential people in entertainment and media. Hear actors such as Succession's Brian Cox talk about his favorite characters to play. There always has to be a mystery. The audience have to be in a situation where they want to know what's going on. Meet studio execs like Pixar chief Pete Docter and learn his secret on how he makes us cry. Emotion is our first language. And so many others who are defining popular culture, from Obama speechwriter David Litt to Top Chef host Padma Lakshmi. We don't often think about food politically or we don't want to, but it really is. Join me. Search for Pop Culture Confidential wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, girlies, we're back. It's time to talk about The Incredibles. Audrey, get us started. All of the beginning and like what you find out is eventually a prologue is amazing. Agreed. And it's so, I love their like 1950s styling, the fake archival, the music, the look of it, the architecture, just like everything is mm-hmm. really refreshing and nice. Yeah. And you you are kind of immediately a little bit um not shocked or anything but like oh yeah this is what this animation looks like because yeah. they got better so fast. The only moment that I wrote down as like legitimately bad was like the first shot of Mrs. Incredible, like post Supergirl. Um, I was like, whoa, this lighting is bad. But then the rest of it, I I never had any problems with it. And also like, this is going to be something we talk about probably for like the majority of the second half, which is just, this is some really, really tweaked and economical writing. Yeah, agreed. And like they know absolutely every single thing has a place here and 
a reason to be there and when it's there. And it just feels right. Like the whole thing just snaps together in a perfect way. And Disney could never now. They literally can't. Because mostly because it's not that the talent isn't there. It's because of their insane production timelines that don't allow for the proper, you know, like let's have this really figured out before we're halfway through animation because that's a huge problem. Like I've heard that that was kind of the issue with Frozen 2. Like that's what happened with that movie is that they were like halfway through animating it before they even locked story. Like that. That is so wild. Because they're, they're trying to maximize profit. This movie is really in like the golden age of Pixar. And I was like, I bet this is before Disney acquired them. And it was. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah. So, and that's not to say that like Disney acquiring them led to like immediate trash because it didn't. It's but, more like a slow decline. <laughs> yeah. Because like Toy Story 2 came out in 2010 and Disney owned them by then. There's so many just like deep themes that are woven throughout this movie. And it is so yeah. true that adults are going to take something away completely different than kids. Okay, I've only seen American Beauty once, but there were like parallels to that in my mind. Like the way that like this whole opening chunk is about him being like emasculated and super self-involved. That midlife crisis. Yeah, just like, and the way that like he really thinks it's justified. Yeah. Like, and it's just kind of crazy. Normally in a story like that, you're not going to have the partner or the wife be like, have the same past as him. Like that, yeah. that's more rare. Like normally you wouldn't have that. So in this movie for it to be like the, both of these people used to be superheroes, but now Helen has been able to bridge this gap or make this transition. Maybe it's not ideal. Maybe she wishes she could do both or, you know, Then again, we have the added element of their old job is illegal. But like, yeah, she's been able to bridge this gap and it seems like he hasn't. No, not at all. Like, because she's able to like prioritize the safety of her family, whereas he's just like, oh, I'm, it's literally just a middle-aged masculinity crisis thing. Yeah. And, like, the fact that his boss is, like, so tiny. Yeah. And it's, like, if he had been, like, big, it probably would have been so different. But because it's this little guy emasculating Mm -hmm. him, like, it turns into this whole thing. Like, as much as he doesn't do anything illicit with, like, Mirage or whatever, it's, like, clearly... It's all subtextual. Yeah, and it's also, like, he's clearly, like, loving the fantasy of it. He should have gotten... Punished more? He, yeah, like there yeah. should have been more consequences for him from Helen. Or not even necessarily directly from Helen, but like something that he knows that maybe she doesn't, like the guilt or or something. Yeah. Like something yeah. should have hit him harder than it ended up hitting yeah. him. It is a cheating story in a sense. Yes, yes. And all of the like feelings and the story beats, like the emotional beats for Helen are those of a cheating story. 
I don't know that that's really reclaimed. Yeah, it's like no. they're kind of treating it as the B plot, but that is actually the thing that is driving the story. Yeah. It, because without the cheating, you know, suspected cheating or the suspicion around what he's doing, she never would have left the house. And she no. never would have gone to see Edna and the kids wouldn't have gotten the suits, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So that is actually kind of what we're really talking about here. And yeah. I appreciate that, like, this is a movie made by adult men. So there is a part of me that's kind of like, oh, this is, it's kind of cool that they put this storyline about them. It actually is kind of dissecting their own egos in yeah. a way. But he is also centered in the story. So he never really actually makes all that much repair with the family. No, it's more just like they love him and they want to support him. And does he get a warm and fuzzy feeling because of it? Yes. And it can also be true that he loves his wife. However, deal with, like, deal with yourself, sir. Yeah. Well, I, I think that, like, that's part of the thing is, like, the bar is in hell in terms of self-awareness and like sacrifice for other people. And it's also interesting because he like sacrifices, like he saves all these people, but like he's only saving the people so he can feel good about himself for his ego. Yeah. Because even in like the beginning part. Yeah. They did a good job with that actually. Yeah. Like when he like dips at the end because his ride shows up because he's going to go get married, which by the way, that that is was the point. Bleak. Yeah, that was so bleak to me. Like it was. It was a great. I mean, from a writing perspective, that's great. Show not tell. Like everything yeah. that was going on with him in the prologue. Yeah, was great because it's like, and when he mistreats, who becomes syndrome? He doesn't say, "I'm actually an asshole." He just is an asshole. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but he doesn't yeah, yeah, yeah. think he's an asshole. No, not at all. And th- so you get all of that in a really sharp way quickly. Yeah. And without anyone ever saying it. And that is just so hard to come by nowadays. I'm like yeah, parched for that kind of storytelling. Yeah, yeah. But that's great. It's like great. Now we can analyze his character. Yes. In a really like concise way or in like in a nuanced way. Because they like allowed us to not watch him say who he is. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The moment where the little old lady is crying in the insurance room, which first of all is very much, but the children love the book. Yeah. (laughs) It reminded me of that. Um, That's an elf reference if you don't know. Yes, yes. We haven't done elf. How is that possible? I don't know. Well, we can save that for this holiday season. That sounds good. I think we should also do the really weird puppet ones. But my point is that when he's like, I can't tell you to go up to this one floor and do X, Y, and Z, and I can't tell you to do this. I've had people do that for me in medical settings before. Yeah. Like, it even happened last week because I am having some knee problems. And the doctor I was seeing was like, I told him my situation that it's not that bad. And he was like, so I'm writing down, you're in pain. You've had three major incidences and your at-home physical therapy is not working. I'm hoping this will be a slam dunk. (laughs) And Slam dunk for what? With my insurance. Oh, 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 yeah. Because he was like, your insurance is not going to cover this unless I make it 
Unless I tell them how bad it is. Yeah. And I was like, go on. Were you even doing at-home therapy? No. I was like, no, you weren't. (laughs) He was just like, this is the narrative. And I was like, you're an angel. And I will not disclose who my person is. I also just want to say that Violet is an emo girl name. Yeah. It just is. It's that or it's like... Teen Titans. Yes, even though her name was not Violet. Raven. Her name was Raven. But they're the same. But it's it's the same though. It's like the same genre. I think that Violet can also be like prissy girl, but it's not a normal girl name or a mean girl name, really. No. Except Violet Beauregard, who's always in my mind. I also loved the part, back to the Edna thing, where... When Helen goes to visit her and then she's like, you know, men at Robert's age are unstable. <laughs> like, <laughs> totally fueling the paranoia. And then her being like, and when you come back, please visit me. You know how much I adore our talks or yeah. whatever. That just made me happy. It's just funny. Yeah. There's a lot of good, like, one-two punches, I feel like, yes. in this the suicide thing is <laughs> I could not believe it when I was watching it. I was like, I didn't think they were going to acknowledge it. Me either. I thought it was just like a throwaway joke. But the fact that it had, not joke, but moment. Like a throwaway thing. Yeah. yeah. But the fact that it actually had story relevance just made me so happy. I was like, yeah. this is this is how things should be written. Like it had a reason. Yeah, right. Which is that. after Mr. Incredible saves this man from jumping off a building, he comes back and sues him because he's mad. He didn't want to (laughs) live. Yeah, He's mad that he he was saved, which is just like so funny. And I I love that that's in a children's movie. (laughs) I know. He was mad that he was saved and and now he has a broken (laughs) neck. Yeah. Like, I love that it's in a children's movie. Also, it's just like... Just, Again, <laughs> trusting kids to be able... I mean, people die in this movie. There's a lot of dead people in the movie. Like, all the superheroes, when they list off the dead superheroes, mm-hmm. that was kind of nuts, actually. But you... Because of the tone, it just feel Like, you don't feel that the weight of any of that. It feels very... Yeah. And that's why it works. If, it, if the yeah. tone wasn't what it was, yeah, it might feel like it's too much. And all the death might feel like too much, but it doesn't. I recognize that the action sequences are necessary for a yeah, movie like oh this. man. <laughs> but they're not for me. They're not for me. I get they're bored. I get bored so fast. I know. I'm like, the, that's how I the was second able, people stop talking. That's how I was able to do my notes at the same time, is yeah. that I did them during the action sequences. Me too. I watched like 50% of the action sequences, I I think. Well, I'm, just, I'm just missing that part of my brain that enjoys... Like the the hits, the the, the spectacle, the action, yeah. making the decisions of action that will lead to more action. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Talk about how he's cheating on you now. Like I'm bored. Right, right. Like get back to that. This is just like a dark side comment, but you know when. Frozone and Mr. Incredible try to save the people from the uh, the fire. Mm-hmm. And they save the people and then the cop rolls up and they're like standing there and Frozone like goes to get a drink of water. I was like, yeah. you know how it is where they, where like black boys especially are yeah. like taught to not 
make make any extra moves. Like, I was just kind of like, yikes. That just struck me very hard. Mm. Frozone. There's really not much to say other than such a random but good addition to the movie. Yeah, I like that we've got a bestie, you know? We've got a partner in crime. I will say, though, the first part of the movie is set in the in the 50s, and then the yeah. second part is set in the 60s. So my True. point about the police, police violence... It's, like, very much stands. Yeah, that, that stands. Yeah. But it almost feels like it's, like, not our... It's, like, not our world. Do you know yeah. what I mean? But yeah. how can you shake that? When you place the film so specifically in 50s and 60s, like Americana, like yeah. vibes. That is like the look of everything. So how can you not say this is our world plus superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. But if it's just like an altered version of our world, because like there are black superheroes in the 50s and 60s, that's just some like revisionist history stuff that works fine. Yeah. You're not really asked to think about that. Yeah. Another hot take, kind of, but I actually don't think it's a hot take, is like, okay, you know, at the end when Dash is in the race and the family is like telling him to speed up and then to slow down, I feel like that's what like Republicans think like putting trans women in women's sports Correct, yeah. (laughs) Like they think there's that, like some charade going on. Yeah, yeah. Like no, this is a work of fiction with a literal superhero. This is not what would happen in real life. In my mind, the reveal of Syndrome being the little kid was like at Later. the end. Yeah. Yeah, I was really surprised when it was halfway through and I actually almost feel like it could have been better if it was revealed later on. I like that it wasn't that because it gives his character the time to get his plan messed up, if that makes sense. Like Yeah. And also for us to like develop more of a relationship with that character. I don't, I think that the themes that he brought to it were also interesting to explore over a larger course of the film, which is like this whole thing, this whole philosophy that he has about if I create the technology to make everybody special, then nobody is special and that I can't be put down. You know, his, his child, he's a wounded child. In turn, I will be, you know, lauded for making everybody special. Like, that's kind right. of... Because he's not a twist villain. Like, if he is a twist villain, he's revealed really fast. And at least now we've seen there are a lot of Disney movies that attempted twist villains where they reveal in the last 20 minutes. And it's, it's very rarely does that work. That makes me want to watch the Shafrillas video again. Yeah. Like, it usually yeah. doesn't. Unless you've really set up all your dominoes perfectly. If only someone could love you or whatever. The frozen one. Oh, yeah. See, like that. I'm just like, why does it have to be a verb name? I know they're all verb names, but just why? I don't care for it. What would you call it? Like the ice queen. Like what it's actually called. Like I think that that's the actual folktale. Or like, oh, okay. Sisters of the ice. Sisters <laughs> of know. the winter. This is unrelated, but it is Disney related. What are what do you think about all this Snow White discourse? 
I have, I've kind of purposefully avoided it since the initial, um, like the video, that video of Rachel Ziegler and Gal Gadot saying, she's not going to be saved by a prince. She has a yeah. job. No, <laughs> um, she has a W2. <laughs> yeah. She's on the books. Okay. I, I feel kind of bad for them. Do they look kind of dumb? Yes. Yeah. But I know they're media trained to say shit like that. It's like some random one-off interview. They don't think that this is going to get blown up because they think they're just feeding into that feminist, um, generally accepted thing about the Disney princesses. So I, I doubt they were expecting like anything like this. Yeah. I mean, they're being paid huge amounts of money to promote. So I get why it happened. But of course, I don't know. I don't agree with it because I don't think the movie should exist at all. Yeah. I don't, it's not, oh, you should have remade the movie beat by beat, second by second, exactly live action version of what the animated is. No, I just don't want it at all. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a lose-lose. As someone who should be the core audience as a Snow White lover, I have my Snow White collection right next to me. Um, I don't care. No. I just don't care. Why should you? It, you know what? You, you know why you were a Snow White lover is because it was artful. It was beautiful yeah. to look at. That's the takeaway of Snow White is let's take the spirit of Snow White and like visual style or like bring something from that to a film today. Because there's so many yeah. things that they don't even bother with anymore from an artistry perspective that that yeah. that's all it was about back then. And they just used these fairy tales as a, a, a vehicle. A means to an end. Yeah, like yeah. a means to express the art form rather yeah. than we're trying to make any sort of statement about, it's not about the story itself. It's really, really not. No. It's about the weird overcorrection of them like wanting their princesses to like not want love well I, ju- I guess when I said that I didn't I wasn't even referring to the new movie I was referring to the original like oh yeah yeah genuinely I don't think that Snow White Cinderella Sleeping Beauty they're not really about the stories if that makes sense no like yeah, I agree it's about this art form and a lot of kind of like slapstick animal comedy stuff. Yeah. The main character's development is really not important. And so it's just so funny that today we would be having, like a hundred years later, we would be having this particular conversation. It is a massive waste of time. I agree. And it feels like we should be beyond it, but we're, we're yeah. the fact that we're not is very humbling. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I also kind of wonder, like, is it the parents that are between the ages of, like, us and our mom that are like, I don't want my daughter watching these unempowered girls. I'm like, I really don't think that that was a take that you needed to address. Like, if you were still making all that money. Wait, what what do you mean if you were still making Like, if the Disney princess merchandising line still makes you that much money. Oh, do you mean, like, people that age who work at Disney? No, I'm just saying, like, not having girl boss princesses, I don't think was making them lose money. I think 
maybe them wanting to like stick with the times is part of it, but this doesn't feel like sticking with the times. It feels no. like just being greedy. It's a really unfortunate crossover of the demands of the industry right now and uh, social politics. Like it, it's yeah. just the, that's all, that's why it's happening. If we didn't happen to be in this period in entertainment where they believe they can only make their profit back on remakes, we wouldn't really be at this particular intersection of yeah. redefining for no reason <laughs> characters yeah. that never meant much to begin with. Like, yeah. please, it's yeah. too much. Anyway. Did you feel at all empowered by Violet putting on a headband or? <laughs> Bro, that made me laugh. I was like, she wears headbands now. She's a woman. Also, like, I, I got to be honest, that kid wouldn't ask her out because she put on a headband. I'm sorry. Oh, I know. Well, okay, I was laughing because I hate it in movies where, where, where guys are like, Hey, you're Violet. Oh, no, 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 no. They go, hey, you're uh, Violet, right? I hate that. First of all, get away. It's always the uh and then the right. The like um, simulated teenage awkwardness is Yes, I hate it. Uh, And I'm like, she wouldn't just... That that did feel, that was a bit of a push for me. It's like, she might feel more confident now, but she's not going to like be, she's not no. going to be like calling the shots in this conversation. She's no. not going to be like, movie on Friday? Like, I'll buy the popcorn because I'm a, I'm a feminist. Because I have $3. <laughs> right. She's like, I'll spread my wings and I'll learn how to fly. I also have to say, when we see her hair in the beginning, it's like so, so shiny. intense. It's so shiny. It's like too shiny. <laughs> it's like a Pantene commercial. Yeah. Okay, so ultimately, this movie is strangely about masculinity and how it can like derail your family. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That is yeah. what it is about, actually. Yeah. Because people keep being like, it's a family drama. And I'm like, that just feels like coded language for... Everyone it's... has to enjoy this because it's about the patriarch of the family. I Right. That's actually he... a huge thing. I never even really thought of it that way. Like, a family movie... Family movies are almost always about the dad. Cheaper by the dozen. Yeah. yeah. Are we there yet? Which I just watched the other day for the first time. <laughs> Really funny. Okay. I enjoyed it because the cover has a father, a mother, and some kids or whatever, but it's always about the dad. Yeah. All that being said, I really enjoyed it. It is funny. I hadn't seen it in a really long time, so I enjoyed getting into it. I will say when Josh heard that we were covering this, he was like, I need to watch it with you. And so he watched it with me today. Sean is really excited about it too, our mix engineer. It Okay, boy movie. Uh, It's a boy movie. I hate to say it. But it's right on that Hercules line. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Because there's stuff in it for you, for us. It's not just a boy movie, it's a dad movie. Yeah, I wonder if dad would like it. I would definitely say that it's worth watching again. Me too. The action sequences, if they were prolonged, that would be the only time that I felt bored at all. But it's really not boring. And I... that um, you you kind of think everything's, oh, we didn't even talk about Kari. She's so funny. 
The babysitter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She is so funny. There was this girl in college that I thought looked like her. And every time I saw her, I was just like, that's Kari in my mind. I love the the comedic beats of Kari. But also that even that became relevant because you think all the action is over at the end. She's calling. She's like listening to all the messages Kari left. And then they get home and freaking Syndrome is trying to steal the baby. And it's like this little last ending, you know, note to it all that I think it works really well. And you're not expecting. Like, No, not at all. Also, just like, I I just really, as someone who's been a babysitter many times, it's just so funny and accurate, like, how eager she is and how, of course, that was like the girl available on short notice. Love it. I almost feel bad. Like, there's just something about her. I'm just like, oh, like. I know. She's like, um, she's like Millie in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, totally. (laughs) She is that. And and Millie elicits so many feelings. Like, I'm like, you're annoying, but I feel bad for you and I love you and I don't. All at the same time. And I feel like that's how Lindsay feels about her too. Yeah. So, So anyway, I enjoyed this a lot. I think it is really good family fun, as they it say, is. in that like boys and men can watch it and not get mad, and, and not it's be interesting. Off. Right, I would recommend it. I thought it was good, and you can see it in theaters starting yes, September first. Which yes, you can. It's Monday, August twenty eighth, right now when we're recording this. So on Thursday, when you're hearing this, you is it the first on Thursday? Yeah, no, it's the thirty first. Okay, so. If you're listening to this on Thursday, tomorrow. You can go tomorrow and until the 14th to see The Incredibles in theaters at Regal. And that, you know what? I mean, I almost wish I didn't just rewatch it because I kind of wish that I... I know. You know, it's like I could go. (laughs) I should go. We could go again. Uh, Yeah, just like the the scope of it is good for a theater watch. It's lovely. Yeah. So we do recommend, as always... (laughs) <laughs> you can our our segues from the end of the episode to credits is really just top of the line as always you can find more from us at evergreenpodcast.com slash sleepover dash cinema and keep up with our latest creative projects at twopinkproductions.com we're on instagram twitter tiktok and youtube at sleepover cinema and post a full video version of each episode on youtube every thursday you can follow me audrey at audrey anna leach on everything you can follow me, Hannah, at Hannah Ray Leach on Instagram and at Lana Von Trapp on Twitter. And please join our Discord server. The link is in the episode description or on evergreenpodcast.com. You can check out our merch at twopinkproductions.com slash shop. We have t-shirts, sweatshirts, stickers, and more. And if you love our show, if you secretly love boy movies, if your dad is weirdly into The Incredibles, share this episode with him or your family and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, letting us know what you want to see next. Please Give us a five Please leave star. us reviews. We need yes. some reviews. We need some fresh reviews because otherwise we don't know. Yeah, give us the feedback, but only if you're not a hater. I don't yeah. want to hear. I don't want to hear it if you're <laughs> being mean to me. Just um, if you have, yeah, if there's any complaints, don't take it to the review. Put it in the DM. I don't. I don't yeah. want it to be affecting. <laughs> Please don't publicly slander us. Yeah. Anyway, 
Hey Power Cinema is a production of Evergreen Podcasts, produced, edited, and engineered by us, Hannah and Audrey Leach. Sleepover Cinema is mixed by Sean Roll Hoffman with theme music by Josh Perlman Hall. Executive producer is Michael D'Aloya. See ya. Where's my super suit? <laughs>